Mark 4:35. And on that day, when the evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. Where? The other side. Right? Okay, let's not forget that. Because there's a lot that's going to happen before they get to the other side. Does Jesus guarantee them to get to the other side? Yes. Let's go to the other side. We're going there. Jesus is not going to die in the boat. This is, you know, this is not the end. And verse 36, And leaving the crowd, they took with him, they took him in a boat, just as he was. I love that. Just as Jesus was. Right? No iPhone. No, no food. Nothing else. Just Jesus. It's only Jesus. Jesus is the only one here. He's coming by himself. Isn't it amazing? Just as he was. And other boats were with him. And so it's Jesus in the boat, and they're going across the water to the other side. Are you following me so far? Yeah. Okay. And a great windstorm arose. Okay. Now, are these experienced fishermen? Yes, they are. They, they grew up. This is on their lake. This is on their sea. They went there every... Uh, they were going there every week, every day to go fishing. They were experienced. They knew all kinds of weather here. So the windstorm arises, and this windstorm is described in one way as a seismic event. And so this windstorm arises. I don't know if you've been in, in a boat on a windy, choppy day, have you? you guys ever been on a boat? Okay. I have been. It's a little choppy, and uh, the boat starts kind of being tossed around, and then, then the waves are breaking into the boat. So this happens all suddenly. Jesus says, get in the boat. Okay, we're getting, we're getting the boat with Jesus as he is, nothing else. We're in this boat, and we're guaranteed to go to the other side. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Coffee and water. Wow. Full service. Um, and so they're going across. They're going across the lake. They're going across the water. Just as he was. And the waves start breaking into the boat. That means that the, what, the boat started filling up with water. All right? It starts filling up with water. Uh, the sky is dark. There is a storm. There's a lot of wind. It's chaotic. And verse 38, but he was in the stern. Okay, the stern is where in the boat? You know, you guys know where the stern is? It's in the back. I didn't know where the stern was until this morning. Imagine that. He was in the back, and he's on the cushion asleep. So he's asleep in the boat, asleep. Okay? And then they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not know or do not do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care that we are perishing? It's interesting they would call him teacher because they don't necessarily yet know him as an almighty, powerful, miraculous, um, uh, nature-changing God. They only know him as a teacher. How many people go to church today expecting to hear a good teaching? But they don't know the God of miracles. They don't know the God that can change your life. They don't know the God, can, the God that can change your financial situation. The God that can change your marriage. They don't know Jesus that's in the boat. He's asleep. And what's the question that they ask? What's the question? Do, don't you care? Isn't that interesting the way that they, they would ask that question? Do you not care that we are dying here? What's the question here? All right, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 41. What's the question? What is the issue here? Focus with me on here on, a, on, a, uh, on this. What is the question? What's the problem that disciples are having? What's the question? Don't you care? Don't you care? Have you ever been in a situation where, where you're like, God, don't you care what's going on in my life? I mean, I have. I've been there. 
Like, don't you care what's happening here? Don't you care? Is it not problematic for you, God, that I am suffering, that I don't have what it takes, I don't have what, it, what I need, or uh, what I needed didn't come in this week like I needed it to? Don't you care? And it, my life is filling up with water. I, I'm starting to drown in my circumstances, right? Have you been there before? Have you been? I'm starting to drown in my depression. I'm starting to drown in my, in my temptation. Have you ever been in temptation? And it's just like, it just comes at you. Sometimes temptation can come at you from out of nowhere. Just doing your, you're doing your stuff, and then temptation comes right at you, and it just blindsides you. And we say, God, don't you care that I'm perishing? Now, are these experienced fishermen or what? Yes? Okay. Let's talk back a little bit today, because it would be great to hear, it would be great to get some feedback. They are perishing. We're perishing. We're going under. God, don't you care? And I think that that is the cry of many people today. You know, the boat represents our, our life, doesn't it? We find ourselves in the will of God going to the other side of the sea, the other side of the lake, the other side of the water. We're going there. Jesus says, let's go to the other side. The destination is guaranteed. Right? Have you ever embarked in something in your life by faith? And you get in the boat with Jesus and it's immediately a storm. I remember when my dad got saved. That was the beginning of just storms in my family. I, I remember he got, I think I was like 10. No, I was, yeah, I was 10 years old. We had a very normal, middle-class America life. Things were predictable. And my dad gets saved and everything just goes to the tank. Everything just started going wacky. He loses his job. This happens. That happens. We move away. Do you not care that we are perishing? And I think that sometimes when we find ourselves, our boat in our life is in a very temp, um, a stormy weather, and we're crying out to God, do you not care? The, vo- the, the voices of the disciples really represent what's going on inside of our soul. The voices that we hear in our soul. God, does God not care about what's going on? Does God not care that I'm lonely right now? Does God not care that I had this tragedy in my life? Does God not care that I, that this, that, that, um, I don't have what I need to pay my bills? Does God not care? And I think that sometimes that can happen. We're, we're talking here about fear today, but the first question the disciples ask, do you not care? Because this is really the first question that's inside of every human being when we're facing fear. Does God not care? You ever talk to somebody and say, you know, I never heard the voice of God. God never helped me when I, when I prayed. My prayers, my prayers never got answered. This never happened. God's not out there. So I don't think God cares for me. That's a lie because God is present in that person's life. He is, and, and that person just needs to cry out to God and listen and, and receive Christ as their Savior. God never forsakes us. But in this situation here, Jesus is in the boat. He's sleeping. I love that. In any situation that that happens in our life, Christ is at rest. He's, he's chilled. He's relaxed. He's, he's really not worried about what's going on. Have you been in a certain situation before where it's very chaotic, where it's, there's a lot of panic going on, and there's somebody with you that's just not worried, and they're just like, it's going to be okay. Doesn't that bring in, it kind of brings in some peace and calm-headedness to the situation. And so Jesus here is at rest. And then he said, why do you, do you care that, do you not care that we are, are perishing? And then he awoke and rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, be still 
And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, and I like this in verse 40, this is the second question, why, were you so, why are you so afraid? I love that, because Jesus does care. He asks, why are you so afraid? He wants to, he, Jesus is asking you and I, he says, why are you so fearful? Why are you afraid? Why did you, why did you, why did you get to that place where you started thinking that I was not present and that I didn't care? Why are you so fearful? And the obvious answer is, it's because the boat was full of water, you were asleep, the storm was bad, and we were going down, and this was the end. But they forgot that Jesus had said, we're going to the other side. Before I continue, I just want to look at what's happening in your life. What's happening in your life? What's happening in our lives right now? What's what's happening? Are we in the middle of a journey in the plan of God? Look, they're following Jesus. They're disciples, right? They're being obedient. They're in the boat. They're listening to the words of Christ, and they are they are in the middle of a storm. You know, it's the, the storms are part of the plan of God. And when we follow Jesus, we're going to get soaked with Jesus. When we walk with Jesus, we're going to get wet with Jesus. When we walk with Him, things are going to happen. Why does that? Why do things like that happen? So that God could punish us, so that God could play with us, so that God could... Why do we go through these things? Because God wants us to understand one thing here, and we see it with the disciples. And He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Why does He say that? Because fear makes us forgetful. When we live in fear, we forget all that God has done in the past. We forget that God came through. It's funny, my wife and I arrived to Baltimore, and we really had a big need. There was a need that we had, and it was just, I didn't know where it was going to come from, and it was just one of those things like, God, we need a need, we, we need this, we need an answer, like, and I have no idea where it's going to come from. And so we were, you know how when you talk with your wife, and you're just kind of talking this through, like, how is this? Maybe I need to go out and do more of this, or maybe I need to do that, or, or uh, maybe I need to be more creative. Or, and we start, the, the mind, our mind starts working over time. You ever do that? Especially at night, when you're trying to go to sleep, your mind starts working. Like, how are you going to do this? This needs to happen, and time is running out. And it's, we forget that God is not bound to time. And we got to where we were going, we walk in this place where we're staying and uh, you know beautiful thing there's something on the counter there just for us and it was like perfect it was like the perfect answer to prayer because we were just on the way up we were just like okay God we know that you got this we know that you got this there's no way we can do this and it was a small thing but it just renewed me and, and it proved to me again that God does care and why do you? Why have you still no faith? Fear makes us forgetful. And when they, and then in verse forty-one, I saw this, and I never saw this until I until I read this this morning. And they were filled with great fear, and said one to another, "Who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him?" They were filled with fear. It's a different kind of fear. They were filled. They were filled with something that was. A fear that was greater than the fear of the waves. It was fear that was greater than the sea. It was greater than the situation. You know what I'm talking about? Think of a time when God, um, when you discovered an aspect about God or kingdom living or an aspect about in, in your life where you saw something and it shook you to the bone and it made you very fearful in the right way of the power of God. Maybe it was a very sobering event. 
Maybe it was something that was, you see the, you see the, the, the end, the end of the road of sin and how that destroys a person's life. That is sobering, isn't it? I don't know if you've been there, but maybe you're battling something and then you see the result of bad decisions in a person's life and you're just shaking to your shoulders. Shaking? 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 To the bone. And you're sober and you're like, oh my gosh, like, this is serious stuff. That if like, if I continue down that road, that's where it goes. It, sh- it creates a greater fear. We can be in the fear, we can be living in the fear of temptation, or we can be living in the fear of something, but as, but as soon as we forget that Jesus is in the boat, then we forget. Very simple message this morning, and I want to just communicate this, is that Jesus is in the boat, He is in us. He is not going away. He's at rest in us. God is at rest in us. God is not upset. He's not shocked about your life. He's not surprised about things that are going on in your life. He's not surprised. He is at rest because the work has been finished regarding you and I. Whatever's going on in our lives, He is at rest. And that rest is not a passive rest, but it's a rest of dominion and it's a rest of reigning. Two fears that we see in this in this passage that we just read. Number one, the fear of not being secure, that we're going to lose our lives. And number two, the fear of judgment. Jesus says here, why are you so afraid? Now, now stick with me here, okay? This is very good. Because here, the, the disciples are talking about a phobos, a fear. The fear of the wind and the rain and the, and the potential of dying. Jesus says to them, why are you so what? He doesn't use phobos. He uses a different Greek word here. He uses the word, why are you so timid? Why are you so intimidated? Why is that important? Because Jesus tells us, I want you guys to go across the water. Okay, like, Johnny, I'm, you're, I want you to get married, and you're going to go across, and you're going to have a baby, and this is going to happen, this is all going to, I mean, God just gives us, right, these visions for our life, Tony, or, you know, God is speaking to us, he says, I, and, and we're leading our families, right, and there's this moment where we think, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? Or is this the end? Am I going to die in the middle of the water here? And so we're obeying. We're going. And what happens is, is that, guess what? We in our families can become so intimidated by what's going on in our lives. Right? We can just say, you know what? And I think about what Joshua said. We preached on this a while ago. And Joshua said, why was it that I had such a big idea to go into the promised land and conquer the land? What was I thinking? This idea was way too big, you know, to have a family. You know, to have kids, to adopt, to start this business, to lead this family, to move here, or whatever, to go over there, to go to Ecuador. Why am I even thinking about going to Ecuador? It's like, you know, maybe the Eduardo's thinking that. I don't know. But this these things kind of happen. We st- we just throw away our confidence in Hebrews chapter ten. We cast away our confidence, and we get intimidated. We get intimidated. We say, okay, I don't got what it takes. You ever been there? I don't. I have been there. I've been there many times. Where we step out in faith and obedience, we make a decision by faith, right? We say, "I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to do this. God's with me." And then we get halfway across the water, and then we're freaking out. We're throwing away our confidence, and we just say, "God's not with me." What was I thinking? But we forgot that we heard the voice of Jesus. Maybe it wasn't some subjective thing, but maybe it was just an objective word of God that came across through the Bible that we said, I'm going to obey that in my life. I'm going to obey this in my life. I'm going to take this commitment seriously and I'm going to lead in this area of my life, in my family, in my ministry, 
or in any area in my business. And so Jesus says, why did you chicken out? Why did you get scared? Why? Because we're, we're frail human beings. We are broken people. Uh, you look at us the wrong way, we're going to be a pile of just ashes on the floor. We're so sensitive. We're so broken. I love what it says in Psalm 25 that God does not forget that we does not forget our frame, our disposition that we're made of dust. He doesn't forget that, and He has compassion on us. This is the key right here: compassion. I don't know what kind of standards or what kind of ideals that you have for yourself, but many times they're not God's. Sometimes we expect things from ourselves that are just God's not expecting from us. We're expecting sinless perfection. We're expecting, uh, you know, no mistakes to get to the other side. But you know what? What's going to happen? We're going to be frail. Jesus is at rest in the sea. He knows this is going to happen. And he's not freaked out. And he says, why did you forget? I just want you. And he's not chiding them. He's just saying, you forgot. You let fear into your life. And you let fear begin to speak to you. And it's not the voice of God. And you lost your confidence. And you lost your bravery. I was thinking this morning, as I was getting ready, we people... This, your family needs bravery. You need to be brave. Be strong in the Lord. You and I need to walk in the Spirit. We need to walk in the confidence of the Lord. And if you've got a lot of stuff coming at you, a lot of junk and and CRAP coming at you, be brave. Be brave because God is with you. He said, I'm going to take you to, what's the other, what does that mean for the believer? You're going to be in heaven when you die. I'm going to take you, I'm going to be faithful in your life. Don't cast away your confidence. Because it's the first thing we throw out the window. Whenever things get a little shaky in our life, we just say, you know what? Uh, what was I thinking? I just... Ambition. We start, we start throwing our confidence out the window. And Jesus says, why are you so intimidated? Why are you so timid? Why? Because the fear that the disciples had, and this is the third, and it's a very important point. The fear that the disciples had was not the fear of the wind and the storm. Because they've seen that stuff before. They've seen bad weather. They've seen situations. They had a different kind of fear. They had a fear that God was angry at them, that Jesus had forsaken them. They had a fear that they were going to perish in the plan of God. Do you ever fear that? Do you ever feel that way? I don't know if you've ever failed in a major way in your life, and you just think, you know what? Because I did that in my life, um, I don't have as much of God in my life anymore as I did before. I was more on fire before that happened. Now, that's just rubbish. That is just making the cross of Christ of none effect in your life. That's the, that's, that's the blood of Christ. That's taking the blood of Christ um, and, and defacing it because of our sins we think is greater than, than God's forgiveness. They are afraid here because they were afraid that God was judging them for some reason. And this is what the word here is. To, an intimidation that comes because of guilt. These guys were guilty. These guys were feeling, okay, I don't know what they're thinking, but this is a fear that comes because of guilt. When you and I live in guilt, okay, guilt is not the way God speaks to you and I. Does the Holy Spirit speak to you through guilt? No, He does not speak to you and I through guilt. There's legitimate guilt. There's guilt that is a conviction of the Holy Spirit, and it's a guilt that leads us, and it's a better word to use in English, it's not guilt, but it's conviction. And this is a conviction that leads us to make a decision in our life, because we see in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, that the goodness of God and the forbearance of God leads us to repentance. It leads us to change our minds. Guilt is when we experience the conviction or we experience uh, we experience the Holy Spirit speaking to us and we respond to it the wrong way. We say, oh, God doesn't like me. God is angry at me. God has departed. I've lost my anointing. 
That's just foolishness. Don't talk like that. That's condemnation. And the Bible says in Romans 8 verse 1, there is what? No condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation, period. And in the Greek, I mean, in the Greek, there's no additional words there. I think some of the translators in Romans chapter 8 verse 1 added some words there for those that are in Christ, etc., etc. Those are words that we find later in Romans chapter 8. There's no condemnation. No matter what you think about yourself, no matter what I think about myself, no matter what's going on in your life, because guess what? Wind and rain come at you and it tries to condemn us. It tries to make us feel bad. It tries to come at you and say, you're a bad person. This is happening to you because you're a bad person. Shame on you. Uh, you have this problem in your life because you're a bad person. That's just, that is just absolutely not the voice of God. And I just want to say that today because the devil just wants to dump on you and I because we are the saints of God. He's very upset that you and I have received the grace, we've received forgiveness, we've received redemption, and he can't take our salvation away. So what does he try to do? He tries to take something else. He tries to take our joy away, right? He wants to steal your joy. And so when that guilt and that guilty fear starts coming, look at Jesus and understand that Jesus is the Lord of the storms. It's interesting because in the Greek there, in the windstorm, there's a Greek word seismos, right? where we get our, our English word seismic. Later on, we see in the, when the, the earthquake happens at the death of Jesus Christ, when he dies, there's an earthquake. And I don't think that there's a mistake there that, that when the seismic fear comes and tries to shake you and I remember that there was a greater earthquake, there was a greater seismic action at the cross that happened so that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. Amen? Amen? I mean, I mean this is amazing. Like, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. But sometimes I don't feel that in my life. Sometimes I don't feel, I feel a lot of fear. And I feel, I see circumstance. And I see this happen. I see that happen. But we don't see Jesus that's in the boat. And we begin to doubt that I'm valuable to God. This is the last point I want to make. We begin to doubt that we are valuable to God. Are you, I, if I was to ask you today, are you valuable to God? You'd probably say, not really. I'm not really valuable. I mean, I'm just, there's a lot more amazing people, Moses, Billy Graham, or whatever, whatever your role models are in your life. Can I tell you that the look of, that the, that the gaze of Christ does not change. It is, he is looking at you, and he, he does not look away for a moment. He values you. And this is something that only the Holy Spirit can show us. Because the devil doesn't want you moving forward in faith in your life. Because when you walk in faith, and I just want to build our faith this morning. I want to build us up here. Is that Romans chapter 1 verse 17. It says that what reveals the, what reveals the righteousness of God. Yeah, anybody know that verse? Romans 1 verse 17. When we walk from what? Faith to faith. What is happening? The righteousness of God is revealed. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. When you take a step of faith. Being confident that Jesus has told you to do something to lead your family, to walk in decision. When you take a step of faith in your life, when you're facing an addiction or something that you don't think you could ever get over, when you take a step of faith in your life and say, in my weakness, He's loving on me. I love that song that we sang today. In my lovelessness, He is loving me. Isn't that beautiful? In my lack of patience, he's being, He is patience with me. 1 John chapter 4, I'm going to close with this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. Just read this verse with me, or, or just listen to me as I read it. By this, by this is love perfected in us, 
so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. See, John here is one of the, he's writing, um, he's writing about this fear of judgment, this guilty fear, because in verse, the second part of verse 17, as he is, so also are we in this world. As he is, not as he was, or as he will be, as he is, we are, present tense. This is the point of the message. I want you to get this. As he is, we are. It's not what happened before, not what I was, or not that what I will be in the future, but it's living in the moment right now that Jesus is. Jesus is. July, what day is this, the 6th? 7th? Okay, July 7th, Jesus is in your life. As he is, so are we in this present world. As he is, so are we in this present order of things. This order, this order of like laws and speed limits and taxes that we gotta pay and social standards and schedules, as he is, so are we in this present world. That is why we can have confidence. That's why we can look at, we can look at our future and say, I'm, I'm walking with Christ. He is in my life. And when we live in the presence of Christ, in the presence of our situation, then we will experience the God of the storms. Amen. When we begin to confess that Jesus is in our midst, that Jesus has not forsaken us, that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, then at that moment we can begin to live in the love and the washing, cleansing effect of the blood of Christ. I love when Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. He said, take courage, your sins are forgiven. Take courage, your sins are forgiven. Take courage. Where does courage come from? To know that my sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. The ones that I'm going to commit next year, in 10 years, they're forgiven. Take courage. Take courage. Don't take courage in your own energy and your own ability to, to press on and just get it done and we're going to make this happen. Because you know what? Fear comes with that. Fear is just the absence of the presence of God's love. When I stop, when I stop fellowshipping, with the love of Christ, when I stop fellowshipping with the fact that He loves us, that He loves me, then at that moment, fear has a place. You know, fear wants to move into your life. It wants to kick everything out. It wants to kick out your confidence, and it doesn't want to leave. But when we live in the presence of Christ, when we're at a meeting like this, when we're getting together during the week at house church, when we're praying with each other on the phone, or we're texting each other, and edification's going on, then that's the presence of Christ in our midst, and fear has no place. You know, I love coming to church because I need it more than anybody else needs it. <laughs> Come to church and just you start worshiping, you start fellowshipping with the saints, and there's this encouragement that comes because we remember that Jesus is in the boat and that we don't need to subject ourselves to fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of love, power, and what? Sanity. Sound mind. Okay. Kids that grow up without love grow up with a lot of mental issues. We are in the love of Christ. Nothing can be separate. Nothing can separate us from that love. Amen. And let's not resort to the sublimations of the world. Like if I'm living in fear, if you feel that gnawing, gripping fear in your life, don't resort to I got to do more. I got to make this. Get quiet. Acknowledge Jesus is, in the, is, is present with you in the boat, that he's in the stern, that he's resting, 
and rest with him. Amen? So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can really rest in your presence. And whatever's happening in our life, that we can be confident in this, that he that has begun a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. Lord, we want to think in clarity. We want to think in the words of Christ where he said, let us go to the other side. And Lord, if there's any fear in our lives that's happening right now, God, we want to just hear you rebuke it. We want to hear you say, be still, peace be still. That there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we are in Christ. Lord, our future, when we look at it, want to acknowledge your faithfulness. Maybe it's a child or a family that we are worried about. We know that you have a plan. And when we get to the other side, we'll just know we'll have this great fear, this new fear that God's in our midst. Lord, we just pray this week for some answers. Maybe there are folks that are praying for things to see happen. God, we just pray that this week would be the week. Father, for family members that are not saved, that do not know you. God, we want to march forward in faith. Because this walking in faith that we see the kingdom of God revealed. We want to march forward. God, we pray for this school. Open doors for us to minister to kids and parents, Lord for businesses, God, for your for your wisdom, just wisdom in business, God. Sometimes provisions don't come in because it's not God's will. We just move on in a different direction. So we're not worried about it. Okay, it's just not God's will. All right. People come in they, and they sometimes they leave. It's, it has nothing to do with really us, but it really all has to do with what is God's will. So Father, we just want to rest in peace and know that you're the king. at this time we can take the offering God we just pray that you would bless this time as we take this offering and as we pass it around God we thank you God for your faithfulness to this church God how you've always provided thank you for the trajectory that we are on as a church 